So I was thinking about the creator of surge protectors recently, the, like the guy who invented or the gal who invented surge protectors. Okay. And it made me wonder, do you think that they're sad that no one gives a shit that their device protects from surges and is in fact just for a fuckload of outlets? <laughs> like this wait, was their wait, life wait, goal. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying, are they sad that they didn't make like a, a video game console instead of just some dumb? No, no, no. no he's saying, are they sad that they made this thing where it's like searches are not a problem anymore, and everyone else is like, no one gives a shit. There's eight <laughs> outlets on that thing. I'm gonna start plugging in everything. <laughs> this was their life dream. Their goal in life was to finally protect the world and its devices from surges, and no one gives a shit. They just they just love all the outlets. <laughs> but but surges can still happen, right? No one cares. Doesn't matter. No I, one, I don't know, if, maybe. If, so if they started wait, 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 wait. So what you're saying is they did such a good job that they have erased the memory of surges effectively from all of our shared conscious. So now people are like, they just take it so for granted. They're like, what's that thing? And they're like, it's the eight outlet thing. No, I don't think so. I think immediately when surge protectors came out, people were just fucking thrilled to have so many outlets. I don't think there was ever a moment where we're like, thank God surges are gone. <laughs> no, they just were like, look at how many outlets are on that thing. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's a good point, Russ. It's not a good point, but it is a point. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I don't usually go second. <laughs> or say all three of your names. Yeah. I always do. Really? I don't. Not, not every. I normally zone out. I normally have longer. Come on. <laughs> My name is Russ Rutschig, and I know the best game of the week. I'm that trying to be good. a DJ this week. <laughs> Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. Mm. And we've got a great one for you this week. Games are back. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> basically. In a sense, games are back. Or at least this week, there's a, there's a new game to talk last about. Last week, That's we had a, a new game as well. We had, out, uh, we had Monster Hunter last week. Two new games in. A, that hardly felt like an episode, though, because <laughs> the plan wasn't there. That's true. Um <laughs> I think Griffin, I guess, wasn't there either. Um, no, we're going to talk about Outriders. And what is Outriders? It's a looter shooter, baby. And you can play it solo or you can play it with friends. And much like this episode, it starts bad, but it's going to get a whole lot better. <laughs> you go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye 
to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages, sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, so, so Outriders. Outriders. Uh, this is a game that was made by the team behind Bulletstorm, which is a game that I absolutely love. Um, they also made Painkiller, which is like a back-in-the-day kind of shooter, and maybe their biggest title was that part of Fortnite that no one played. They Which actually, part did they do? They worked Save on the, the Save the World part of Fortnite, um, which is kind of wild oh. when you think about it. But uh, this is this is their new effort. And as Plant said at the outset, it is a looter shooter, or if you really want to feel gross about it, a schluter. <laughs> I can't even <laughs> say out loud without feeling My disgusting. favorite water park. So they've, done, um, it's, they've had a weird, you know, you say it's from the team behind Bulletstorm, but that is probably... It's hard to say, right? Because it's actually been ten years since Bulletstorm. <laughs> Whoa! Um, so, so who knows? Uh, there, That's a good since point. then, they've done Gears of War Judgment, then Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition, then Fortnite Save the World, Bulletstorm Duke of Switch Edition, and now Outriders. Some ten. The years The Duke of after. Switch Edition starred Duke Nukem. Is was he in right? it? Or was he's, he? He's in it. Yeah, I believe he's in the switch version i'm pretty sure i think that so, does uh, ring a bell yeah let, let's hit on on a real real quick summary of bullet storm just because i want to share yes. a, a dumb anecdote bullet storm was a game uh where you like very meaty very gears of war ish except it was a first person shooter and you could just destroy human bodies or like i don't know alien bodies in creative ways like the whole fun of it was you got scoring uh bonuses based off of like oh you threw a character up in the air you ripped off their limbs and then you slammed their body into a, a wall of spikes mm -hmm. and it was like that was like funny um and, and the game was quite fun the writing was uh, uh, hit or miss the world design great it right? was at uh, least it was at least kind of um self-aware is yeah. what i will yes. say to the writing it didn't always hit um, but w when it did, it, it was just fun. It, it, it had a, a sort of camp that in the world of 2011 in video games uh, felt very Refreshing. fresh because it was a yes. very uh, otherwise fairly uh, self-serious. This is a great year for video games. Holy shit. We, this is probably in our uh, this is probably in our, our power bracket, if I had if I remember correctly. Um, but it was a very you know, it was a very fresh sort of fun, silly diversion. This was also the time where I think the game was really inventive, and I think EA published it at the time. Uh, yes. But where maybe games were getting creative, but the world of games had not yet caught up. So uh, the marketing for this game was like, it seems like a little snooty, so we're going to be real assholes. <laughs> for this game, <laughs> the, uh, the PR team sent me, I'm not shitting you, uh, like 10 pounds of rotten meat. Oh, like literally yeah. just a giant container wow. with like biohazard tape all over it. And inside was like actually putrid rotten meat. 
Um, and which, let and me tell like you, metal Harsh disposed and of in a New York stuff. apartment. Yeah, yeah. It was. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was like the the meat was like had been like it l- was meant to look like it was like a body that had gotten like yeah, it was bad by by weapons. It was profoundly gross. We should move on to our current to Wait. our current game. <laughs> gross. <laughs> anyway, uh, so gross. Outriders, I think it's worth mentioning all that because I think Outriders is sort of trying to do a similar thing in taking the kind of like default genre of the moment, which is now the kind of like Destiny style shooter, right? And do it in its own kind of creative way, which I I don't think it quite pulls off as well as as Bulletstorm did but I do think it's still very fun I think this this team whoever is left from the original one seems to really understand how to make moment to moment shooting things very fun and and rewarding so I think you're underselling it plant <laughs> like that I don't think I can remember a gulf between quality of action <laughs> and quality of all other <laughs> facets as big as this game. I'm, I will. I will do the story real quick. Let me hit you with a story real oh, quick. Oh boy. Okay. So wait. Th- can I? Can I? Can I request like we just replay the fir- like reenact the first ten minutes of the game because it's maybe the worst first ten minutes. It's so miserable. But I'm no. I'm going to give it to you extremely quick so you can feel okay. comfortable skipping all cutscenes. So. Uh, humanity left earth to go to a new planet because we messed up earth so bad and we got to a new planet and there was these these storms called anomalies that killed pretty much everybody except a few people and those few people are trying to eke out an existence on earth there are some people though very few people yourself included that the anomalies have given special powers to uh, during one of these anomalies, the first one, maybe, you uh, got tossed into a cryo storage and then unfrozen 30 years later. You meet up with some of your old buds, but most of, most everybody else is, is dead. And now we're trying to like, you're just trying to survive basically on this planet and push back against. I know there are bad, there's a bad team of some sort, yeah, but I don't exactly understand that part of it. Yeah, they they also have magic. So it's like that's part of the problem is there's two of these magic groups that do not like each other at all. And uh, you yeah, you have to fight back. I do just for brief uh, sake of this. Um, you've probably heard that the servers have been a disaster for this game for the first week of its life. Um, a lot of people couldn't play at all. I think that's probably because it was on Game Pass and a lot of people were jumping on the servers all at once. I say that because the beginning of this game starts in the dullest way possible. You get dropped on this planet and you have to like walk from person to person having dialogue trees with people you don't care about and then slowly walk to a shooting range and then slowly walk to have more dialogue trees with people you don't care about. So I did that and I was like so unenthused. There was nothing about this that was fun. And then the servers crapped out. So I had to do it again. Um, which was just <laughs> terrific. Um, you know, I don't, as we've established and we've said multiple times on the show, we don't make video games. But if your video game starts with a training camp sequence where you're slowly walking from person to person talking to people and then you have like a little shooting range sequence, probably don't. Probably just like, don't do that. Just make the first level super duper easy 
and then people will like learn the mechanics while they're playing the actual game. There is no reason to force feed people narrative. And you know what? Yeah, that instantly made me say like, hey, yeah, okay, I don't care about the story. And I, You will have no idea of why this game is worth playing in the first like half hour. Because yeah, it takes about 30 minutes. No- nothing uh, of the actual flow of the game is revealed during this time period. I, I'll go I'll go a step further. You won't know what is good about this game for about two hours because so the the first half hour is is this story tutorial nonsense. And then after that, you still don't really get into the game as it's meant to be played. You get these kind of like Xbox original grade, maybe Xbox 360 rooms full of enemies that you shoot. Um, and it feels like the AI is broken because there's cover everywhere, which you would assume that you are meant to hide behind, but that doesn't seem to work. Um, and then you blast through all of that. For me, this game didn't make sense until I got to the first boss battle, which I, I, I mean, boss-ish, like larger enemy battle. And I'm curious if that was the same for y'all. Was that the lightning guy that you fought? Yeah, it was the first time that you get to the characters that can charge up their special oh, powers. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, I what I played, I, I wasn't actually totally taken by the boss stuff. I actually really liked the other stuff. And and I think in looking at this, people might have like memories, certainly of Gears of War or of um, Division, uh, is very you know visually uh, in in terms of it being a third person shooter, very similar. But as Plant kind of alluded to earlier, like at least for the class that I was playing, you do not use cover. You you are encouraged to charge in and go nuts at people at close range, um, which felt like a totally different dynamic and then very true to, like, the Bulletstorm roots of, like, super aggressive, super quick, um, you know, enemies that are, like, dying left, tons of enemies that are dying left and right rather than, like, I'm picking away at someone who has a ton of health and armor. Um, And then once the bosses came around, I was, I don't know, not quite taken by it, but I also feel like I wasn't playing it right. I want to talk real quick about what makes the flow and the basic like loop of this game cool, at least for me. I played as a uh, technomancer, mm. and um, sorry, I threw up in my mouth a bit. Technomancer, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine, it's it's on par with the rest of this game. Uh, I played as a technomancer, and uh, the abilities that I have, and I'm assuming this is similar to the other classes, but the abilities that I have are they heal as they do damage. Mm-hmm. So by by killing dudes with my, like for instance, I have a turret, a cryo turret that I throw out and it freezes people. And I have a big like missile barrage that like sets up a stationary launcher and just launches a huge line of missiles out and uh, uh, grenades, like proximity grenades and uh, 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 you know, et cetera. Oh, oh, an ability that gives me like a minigun or rocket launcher, depending on how long I hold the button. Wild, like huge feeling like, you shouldn't be letting me have this. This is like, this is a lot of power, but basically the flow is like using these abilities to create like an absolute onslaught that will keep you alive long enough to, you know, take out a a big wave and then like trying to stay alive where they recharge or timing them to where, where like you always have one up, uh, and healing you as you try to like fend off these waves of enemies. I don't know what, uh, classes you guys did or if that if that yeah. loop was different for you but it, it always made combat feel really like fun and exciting moment to moment yeah I, I, so i remember you mentioning justin that you were going to do the techromancer technomancer jesus christ and um 
So I, I I'm the technomancer against... Jesus Christ. I've <laughs> I come w- to cure humanity's sins and also computers. Uh, I went against my default uh, nature, which would be that class, the turret class that doesn't require me aiming and stuff like that, um, and went with the trickster, which is the total opposite of that. I think Plant did the same thing. The trickster, the the hook with all the classes, as Justin mentioned, you heal by doing damage, but it's dependent on how you do damage based on the class. So in Justin's case, I think his turrets, when you damage people, you heal. In my case as the trickster, you only heal if you're killing guys or damaging guys when you're close range to them, but all of the trickster's abilities are tied to getting into close range. So he has a teleport uh, that can like slice people uh, instantly. Uh, you have this like melee attack that slows people down. You have like a slow bubble that slows people down. So all that bu- bundles together to make give you more opportunities to like heal in those circumstances. So, kind of interesting. I it, it is not my normal style of play, just because I don't know what I can survive. So, the, like, blind running at things, which you're encouraged to do, feels very weird to me, but... And there's one that's in the middle of these. It's a pyro something yeah. where you're, like, using flame powers, I think. Um, but it's a cool... I mean, like, the loop feels... Like, it feels good. It feels like... I don't know. It's always engaging. This loop is always fun, at least for me. Um, I, I had a great time with it every time. Um, and I yeah. hate everything else about the <laughs> <laughs> Well, Plant, I, I did want to know, Plant, what was it about the boss fights in particular that you found, like, good? Well, that's when I finally understood what, what the game is. I think the issue for me with the game at first was it looks and feels like gears, right? Like, yeah. there's, there's cover yeah. everywhere. The, the design of, like, how you move kind of looks the same. Um, and then... I, it wasn't until the boss fight that I realized, like, no, it is it is the opposite of that game. Like, if you if you turtle up behind cover, at least with my character, I would get destroyed right away. Yeah, they're People coming. Just they're going to get around me immediately. Um, and once I got into that boss fight, it forced me to start moving. And then I realized, oh, okay, I need to either get this the boss to follow me into a room alone where I'm not going to be surrounded and I can like wear him down or I need to um, just zip around the entire map, taking out every enemy I can for health until I'm like, feel like I'm in a good spot, do some damage on the boss and then go back and like do that loop over and over again. Um, It's very high stress that like playing it that way. Yeah. Uh, Because I, I don't know the language of it yet. Right. Like, I, I think that like I wish, I wish they had like cut the tutorial and just had like a fifteen second video where it's like you need to move, like you need to move, and here's how your health power works. Because on learning the language of a Gears game, and like there are just so many times where I was like doing well, and then I would get in cover just because it was instinct, and then I would get wrecked, mm-hmm. or I thought I was doing okay, and I didn't think my health was that low. Um, but then I would die with like one hit. So I just, I couldn't read the game as well as I would like to. That said, I think it is a game that if I get over that hump, I will like it quite a bit. I mean, it's, it passes the bubble wrap test, um, um, better than most games. What is the bubble wrap test? The bubble wrap test is it's fun to pop bubble wrap. Um, like in in this game, it's fun to pop bubble wrap. Like it just feels good to shoot these weapons. And 
again, it's it's a mistake that they make it with the first thirty or so minutes of the game. You don't really get your first weapon that has like um and like I don't know what they would call it effects like fire effects or yeah. whatever until probably like thirty or forty five minutes. And once that happened, I was immediately like, oh, I get what this is. This isn't a looter shooter where just numbers go up. Like the gun feels different and it feels fun. And that should have been the first five minutes. It's, like, it's also really flexible in the sense that like each of your weapons, as they get, as they get up in uh, quality, rarity, whatever, um, there are like slots that you can put mods in. And they're actually pretty flexible about letting you, when you dismantle a gun that has a mod on it, you then add that mod to your collection. And like with very little resources, you can pop mods in and out of guns that really let you make like an, an a quick build that feels like really supports the kind of play that you like to do, right? So I've like, I really like using the minigun. So I've like loaded up on minigun mods. So that's really my like big staple because all my mods are so, sort of like leaning uh, towards that you do end up it's kind of irritating that like when you do get a new gun you do need like for me at least a lot of times a new powerful gun will come with a mod that you have no use for so like job one needs to be running back to the doctor that mods your equipment and taking that mod out and putting in mm -hmm. a mod that you can use that supports your play style um, but the flexibility is cool uh, it just leads to more time in menus by the way the menus I don't know if you guys had this or if it's just like the angle of I found them to be on on my TV unreadable. Uh, even in high contrast mode, there are these gray boxes with very thin black text on them. And like, I tried to change the UI and stuff and still like so hard to parse this information. Yeah, yeah. I, I have, my monitor's on my desk, so it's kind of right in front of me and I didn't have right, that issue, right. but I could totally see it being an issue on a, on a TV. Um, on a TV, I found it really just muddy in general. I was playing with the Series X on like 4K TV, um, but had some natural light coming into the room. Right. And it was hard for me to like make heads or tails of a number of sequences. Yeah, we should there probably talk about the like overall look in general. <sighs> my My first impression and still my impression after several hours is this looks like if Majesco made a Gears of War game. And apologies <laughs> to Majesco. <laughs> I'm sorry. 90s kids will love that reference. <laughs> um, it, it it looks like if Gamma went to GameStop and was like, "I my son likes Gears of War. And the guy tricked her and was like, well, Outriders. Uh, that's kind of what it looks like, which is a shame because the gameplay is actually quite fun. But the art design of this game is just like... Ugh. It's beyond like it's it is the same problem that is with the story, with the acting, with the dialogue, with the uh, the design. It's like everything looks like <laughs> like on a detective show. If there was a video game at the center of the story, do you know what I mean? Like if there was a Law and Order episode about yeah. about like a gamer crime this is the game where they would like hide the clues to who killed them like this level of like who the fuck would play this this does not look like a real video game everything is just like the most like i've seen my nephew play video games and this is what it looks yeah. like so we'll just make it look like this to a point where it feels what's irritating about it is it's also you can I, okay again i don't know the hearts and minds of these de developers we don't make games it feels almost willful like, no one's going to pay attention to this. No one's ever going to care about this. 
Let's just get through it and focus on our core competency. You know, someone was extremely like someone worked on this for so many, many years. You know, someone cared deeply. And this was the thing that they, the story they wanted to tell, the look of they wanted to show. They, like, there are people that like spent a lot of I time. I just on wish they leaned into camp a little bit, like, like in that bullet storm way of like, they're so close to being right. sort of like flippant. And we don't have that in an open world looter shooter like this, where it's just like sort of. I mean, it's Borderlands, um, right? Like, Borderlands does what you're talking about, more or less. Yeah, but, but funny. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine, imagine if it was funny. Oh, like there's these scenes. There's this. There's this. Uh, you go on these like um, wanted missions. Uh, it, it's also worth noting that like uh, mission structure is also incredibly lame. Like it's this. You're do. It's a good thing that the gameplay is fun because it's not like each mission feels substantially different from right. from other ones. They all kind of feel basically the same. But you go on these that are like um, basically like wanted missions where you're like going to execute a bad a bad guy. And it's like you after you f- f- kill everybody in the room, you have to go to the guy you're supposed to kill. And it's like trigger a cutscene to end the mission. And the cutscene is always your dude knocks, <laughs> knocks them over and shoots them in the head wordlessly. Like that's the cinematic. <laughs> it's each of these. There are four. There are like three or four missions in the first two hours of the game that are like you show up to try to rescue somebody and there's someone holding them hostage with a gun and then a different person shoots them and then everybody eventually gets shot and you're like, oh man, what a day. <laughs> end of mission. Am I wrong? It, uh, it, like there's like two or three missions that end the, exactly that way. It's, they care so little about this their story that you can replay, <laughs> you can, you can replay side quests where the quest giver dies <laughs> And they're just back <laughs> to give you the quest again. In the very first area, there's this shopkeeper that you walk in and he's like, I've got some really great stuff Unfortun- in the back. I then- should mention a very unfortunate shopkeeper who is basically like the gremlins shopkeeper. Yeah. Like that yeah, level not- of racism. Yeah. Very tasteless. But like somebody runs in and shoots him. And then you go on this mission to like avenge his death. And then you give back to town and that fool's just there again. Like, Oh, I got some good stuff for you. It's like, do you want to, do you want to do the quest again? <laughs> Basically is what he's saying is like, do you want to do this again? You're like, no, I'm good. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it. <laughs> he's just there. Again. Uh, yeah, that it's, it's very silly. I, you know, I, I think if you can, and, and for what it's worth, they make it very easy to ignore that stuff because every cutscene is skippable. All the dialogue stuff you can like very quickly a button through. So it, you're right. Like it seems clear that they knew that like a lot of people wouldn't care and good news because I certainly don't. Um, and I'm able to get back to the things that I enjoy about the game much quicker, which yeah, it's good. It does kind of feel like a game that like 25 year old Russ would drop like hundreds of hours in and 37 year old Russ is not gonna have that level of time, <laughs> but that's okay. I, you know, we don't have that. Uh, I could see them. I have not experienced much of how the different powers like work together. For example, yeah, I could see like with the they nailed the most important thing, and that's what I actually wanted to hit on. Like, I feel like this game actually could have legs because the core of it is so pleasurable. Yeah. Like, I could see you hopping on with some friends and like doing some harder missions that require some like teamwork and coordination and stuff. Um, I could see people doing that. The, these, these things of like story and, and l- <laughs> they're literal when you pull up sometimes in the loading screens, which on the series X, by the way, are 
extremely brief. It feels fantastic to be playing an open world game that misses the speed. But there are loading screens, and sometimes it just says in big letters, lore. <laughs> and it tells you some things <laughs> about the world. Amazing. Quant, did you have any? Yeah, I mean, my, my final thought is I, I could see a world in which a year from now, they have completely gutted the story from this game, and it sings. Mm. I mean, that, just with, like, that's how video games work now. You know, they, they put it out. People seem... People, developers seem to not want to edit games before they come out. Once they are out and they get the negative feedback, they're like, ah, sure, whatever. We, we tried. Um, and I, I do think there's a world in which this game is significantly better in a year or two. Not in the like, oh, they released it broken sort of way, but in the kind of Warframe oh, we figured out what this game is yeah, sort of I, way. I think Diablo mm. 3 is probably like the best example of that where they really just dialed in the gameplay stuff over that year and focused on what worked and like really uh, examined that part. And, and it was a dramatically better game a year after it launched. And I think uh, we're only going to see more of that. I actually think this game is closer to greatness than Diablo 3 was at launch because it has that core loop so well dialed in. So, um, yeah, but they really, the one thing that has been interesting in the marketing of this, and I don't know how close you guys have followed this, where people can fly have been saying that like, this is not something they're just, they're designing as a live service, constant experience, like constant updates kind of thing. Um, that like it, 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 they have made it, made it fairly clear that I think that they're like not promising maybe is, is a more accurate way of saying it like constant frequent updates. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. Content. Uh, I don't know what the end game is like. Uh, so that's sort of the X factor of like how many, if you wanted to go nuts on this game, how many hours would it provide? But I also realized that like they probably don't want to commit to, hey, this is something we're going to be working on 10 years from now. Like Bungie is still working on Destiny six years, seven years in, whatever it right, is. Right, yeah. right. So Also, I, I, I think like look at Avengers. I think the model, yeah. if you're a smaller studio and you want to get in the Destiny business, release the non- endless update version of it first yeah and then like if, if if this all works and people like it and people are into the series then go release like outriders endless edition or whatever um i i think i think just getting the core game right is uh, a better way of you know kind of like testing that investment than going truly for broke and putting every dollar in in one game that's gonna supposedly last forever yeah yeah uh shall we talk about other things well, we should take yes, a break first. Let's. Well, yeah, for sure. Then we'll take a break. We'll talk about other things. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. 
and they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties so given outriders uh and maybe not having the most grabby uh title and premise insofar as like i've literally forgotten the title multiple times while recording this episode um (laughs) i thought we could do better i thought maybe we could lean into the uh generic sounding nature of this game and maybe do it even more generic than they have. And I wanted to oh, wow. enlist you guys in this effort. Okay. Now, I think we need to start with the title. And Outriders is pretty damn generic. So well done on that, y'all. But I think we can do a little better. I'm going to suggest a word. And we can build off of that word. That okay. word is cyber. Okay. Um, I mean, about, cyber um, war, right? Like war. Okay, cyber, cyber, c- cyber war. <laughs> cyber war is good. I think we need a cyber colon after wars, cyber war, though. Cyber war. Um. Uh, horizon would be a good one to have in there. Okay. Cyber war. Extinct horizon. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. That's actually almost too. Yeah. Extinct, I think, is d- not used enough in games. So I think we need to replace extinct. But horizon is oh. okay. What about like horizon revelation? Oh, that's like cyber revelation horizon, horizon revelation. I can't even remember it long enough to say it. <laughs> uh, do we have a plot for cyber war? Uh, what is it called? <laughs> <laughs> Cyber War Horizon Revelation. <laughs> I wrote it down so I don't forget it. <laughs> um, okay, so 
Earth is dead. I know they did that too, but I think Earth we can is also, dead. Earth, Earth is, is dead. dead. Let's make Has that clear. Way. Okay. the The new planet is called uh, Neo Earth. Okay. Okay. Neo Earth Two. <laughs> we oh, tried because... it once and it, it was just Mars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we find out in like six months after the game launches that there was a Neo Earth one that also got blown up, but that's done in a flashback. That's in that's in prequels. Yeah, that's in that's in um, Cyber War Horizon (laughs) D Revelation Origins New Dawn New Dawn (laughs) New Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're on Neo Earth two. Okay, Um, what's our what's our what are we fighting against? Uh, I think. There are maybe colonist separatists that want Neo Earth for themselves because of the natural resources beneath it. Hmm. And also, they're Nazi zombies. Yeah. They're yeah, and they call themselves the inhabitants. <laughs> okay, got it. Because <laughs> they were there first, <laughs> so they're the. It's us, the um, the resistance versus the inhabitants. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, and and lastly, who is the main baddie of uh, New Earth Two? Um, a bald man. Mm-hmm. In sunglasses. Uh, y- yes, he's he's in sunglasses, and he has multiple forms. So, like at first, he looks just like a bald man in sure. sunglasses, in a suit, right? But then. He turns out he's a, he has a bionic body, and that's the re- mm. the revelation, right? And then at the very end, you realize he was never a person at all. He was just code being put into this cy- yes. cyborg. And his name's Colonel Storm. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. And he's your nephew. Colonel John Storm. <laughs> he was part of the... Earth, new Earth Liberation Army. <laughs> he made him insane. <laughs> oh, we have fun here. <laughs> we have a good time here. But so look for that on iOS. It's coming direct to Apple Arcade. What? What's the title again? Sorry, one more time. It's Cyber War Horizon Revelation. The okay, prequel good. is called Cyber War Horizon Revelation: New Dawn. <laughs> Twice on Neo Earth One, which they didn't call Neo Earth One because that would have just been stinking thinking. You know, you got to stay optimistic. <laughs> okay, we have some reader mail. Yeah, please. Okay, okay, I will. I will dig into this. Uh, okay, some questions. Uh, we have a reader who asked question and a reader who answered that question. Oh, I love uh, it. From Matt, uh, Matt asked, "Is it viable to play completely single player in Mads?" Uh, uh, answered this very thing. Uh, I know I'm not one of the besties cast, but I played the whole campaign solo as the Devastator, mostly on the highest world tier available to me, and that went fine. It's much more fun with huh. friends, though. Uh, uh, that's hey, so we talk about the world tier thing? We forgot to mention that real quick. Actually, yeah. before we... T- like, it, there is an adjustable on-the-fly difficulty that they call world tier, and it's basically like enemies are harder, but the rewards are better, right? Yeah. I mean, is that the, the basic idea? Mm-hmm. And like, as you play, you unlock higher world tiers, um, and then sort of like when you come up, when you get to a, it's th- honestly, it's really fucking smart. It's amazing. It's like really, it's so smart because basically what it is is like you play through, and it gets harder as you play, and then when you get a hit, sort of like a wall or a good balance or you find it's like getting too hard 
you sort of freeze it there. Like that's what I did where I got to a point yeah. where I was like, I've replayed this too many times. I'm going to step it back one and leave it there. That's where I, that's where I'm comfortable. It's so much smarter than having you pick a different, and there's a lot of different stages. There's more like di- di- sort of like degrees of alteration um, beyond just like easy, medium, hard. There's like several, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I think I've seen at least yeah. six or seven uh, that I've unlocked. Relevant to that, uh, Grayson asked, help, one friend wants to play on low world tier to rush to the end game. One friend wants to play at max possible world tier. What should I do? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, I think play on the easy one because otherwise everyone will be miserable. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard the end game is is where this game really gets good. Um, of course. So I like I, I we didn't talk really about the demo, did we? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I heard you can carry over demo progress. Yeah. So like that, th- th- I think that was a smart thing that the team did. Is there was a demo of this game that was like the first I don't know like five or six hours, um, and you could carry things over. And people who did that seemed to be enjoying the game a lot more. It's almost yeah. like they realized like, hey, the beginning of this game not the hottest. Let's get people hooked, um, get them through the hard part, and then they'll just be at the fun part when the game comes. Yeah. If you have Game Pass, though, it's like it's very accessible because you can uh, get the demo, play it for free, and then just get it on Game Pass for free. Like they really are trying to like make it easy for people to get on on board with this. But I think it's worth. I mean, it, that's what I did. I played the demo the night before it came out. So I, I when the game launched, I was right into the the actual meat of it. Yeah. That's... Um, as far as the world tier question, I don't know. I haven't notice any sort of like problems sort of i think i'm at like five (laughs) difficulty five um yeah i think i think maybe somewhere in the middle is is probably the right answer but it is amazing because like yeah like i died multiple times on this like the electric guy boss fight because i guess i wasn't geared for it or whatever and the fact that i didn't have to restart the mission to make that fight easier was incredible i really don't remember another game that has done that the only like analog is diablo 3 which has like seven difficulties and includes increases the loot as you increase the difficulty but i don't think you can change that mid-mission it's pretty wild no yeah it is wild uh one last question from evan uh for those of us who haven't yet gotten into slash don't want to get into a consistent looter shooter is there anything in here for us no evan Evan, there is not. That is no. a big nope. Um, no, that's the biggest possible nope. Yeah, that that's the reason to play the game. Uh, so if that is not what you want, I, I would I would go the other direction. If uh, on the opposite end uh, of things, that's what you like. Yeah, you should play this game and then just spam that B button during the cutscenes. It's a great you're gonna have podcast a great time. game. I've been tr- churning through my Audible backlog of books uh, <laughs> with this one, because really you don't need to hear a word out of these idiots' mouths. Not a single <laughs> peep. Uh, shall we go to honorable mentions, Fresh? Yeah. Um, I'm still playing a heck of a lot of Monster Hunter. I talked about it last week. I really liked it. Some people thought we were too negative on it. I, uh, Whether that was not clear or not, I really adore Monster Hunter Rise. I think it's awesome. And... Um, you know, I guess we did uh, highlight the fact that it's impossible to get into if you're new to Monster Hunter, which is still true, but it's great. I've also been playing The Binding of Isaac Repentance, which is the last expansion to The Binding of Isaac, which has been going on for 10 years. Um, Very similar to Monster Hunter insofar as it's very difficult to convince people to play this game if they've never played this game before. 
but it added just a crap load of uh, content to Binding of Isaac. And I've already sunk just hundreds of hours into Binding of Isaac. So maybe one day I'll convince you. It'll be my near game where I convince you all to actually play this someday. Um, but I adore it. And um, it actually um, brings to an end the like story that's been kind of building throughout the entire series of the game. So uh, pretty great. It's on Steam right now. And it's coming to Switch and I think Xbox later this year. But... One of the consoles later this year. I've tried Binding of Isaac a few times. I need to go back and, it, and give it, it the pro- shot. Yeah, it's such a brutal learning curve when nah, you're starting you out. It really you is. To, but man. if you're able to get over that hump, it's terrific. You tried it. You didn't like it. Move on. You know, <laughs> find something else. <laughs> Justin, what are you no playing? Worries. Me, um, uh, a couple of things. I, I got into Undermine, which I don't know if y'all have played that one. I don't know what um, that is. Okay, cool, great. Are underminers? Let me see. Let me make sure of the great exact. Uh, yeah, it's just undermine. Um, I've been playing it on Switch. I'm assuming it's it's probably on other stuff because usually if something's on Switch, I, yeah, it's on Steam too. Uh, came out in 2019 on Steam and uh, t- just last month or sorry February on Switch. Uh, basically, it is a think uh, it is a uh, roguelike. Um, it's halfway between Rogue Legacy and Spelunky. How's that? It's a roguelike isometric game where you are going through a dungeon and collecting, um, basically mining for gold (laughs) and other uh, minerals that will help you upgrade your gear and uh, kill more monsters and protect yourself and survive longer. Um, And each time you die, you keep some of your gold and you use it to permanently upgrade your characters. Um, and or, Or your character who... You know, each time you die, you're the next one in their in their line uh, that that you come back as. But you you can find uh, blueprints that let you like get new equipment, um, make the mining quicker. Each room feels very different. Uh, there's like really like some rooms are minefields that you need to be aware of. Some are just like filled with bugs, uh, and then you get very distinct upgrades that really make each run feel very different. Like you can, um, in addition to just swinging your pickaxe, you can throw your pickaxe. And sometimes you might find an upgrade that makes it ricochet off of enemies. So you really will lean more on throwing your pickaxe during that run. Um, but if that's your kind of thing. Yo, this uh, is my kind of, I'm, I know. It sounds amazing. It sounds like your shit. Yeah. Undermine is the name of it. It looks great. It's very, it's very fun. There's some fun, like I'm still finding like weird, rooms that i don't that i haven't seen before uh on each run each run feels very distinct uh it's very cool awesome um i'm also i got back into supernatural which is a quest or or an oculus um sort of exercise platform where your teacher is like a it's sort of like beat saber in gameplay but you have like uh teachers who are uploading new workouts like distinct discrete workouts every day uh of varying lengths and difficulty um, Griffin and I got into it a while, a few months ago, and then my Oculus broke. So I've been out of the game, but then I got back into it and, uh, uh, Supernatural has gotten increasingly weird. <laughs> I think with the daily pace of updates, um, it's pretty strange. Like for instance, on April Fool's day, uh, my favorite coach, Renee Pollard put up a polka playlist. Uh. That is where you're getting getting cut to, uh, there's, uh, they do playlists that are, um, it's called like cult classics where like it's the best songs from like cult movies. And so rather than talking about like 
working up a sweat or whatever, it's just your instructor like, so do you remember Reservoir Dogs? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, I do. But like, and then you get to hear great lines like, "Come on, make Joe Pesci proud." <laughs> swing, swing, hit those targets. Uh, but Supernatural is still very, very fun. Um, and and uh, all those coaches are are great. Uh, it's a very fun platform if you're if you're looking to get fit. It's my two. What are you playing? I am playing a game that I can't talk about. Um, so instead. Cool. I'm going to talk about For All Mankind, a TV show I've been watching on Apple TV Plus that rules. I was extremely skeptical of Apple TV Plus when it launched, uh, I think understandably. And now I've come to realize that it is the best version of network television for the modern age. Uh, between Ted Lasso and Mythic Quest in this, it's hitting all the notes of what I wish network TV had become over the last 20 years. I um, mean, for all mankind specifically, for people who don't know it, it is a alternate reality drama set in a version of our world where uh, Russia got to, uh, or the Soviet Union got to the moon first. And then it kind of just like extrapolates from there, what would the space program and the world to some degree have looked like had that happened, um, which is basically, hey, people kept investing in the space program because, uh, in honest to goodness, competition formed. Uh, and it's great. It's a little soap opera-y in the beginning of the first season. I hear the um, pilot is bad, is what I've heard, and that it gets I better. I did not mind the pilot, okay. um, but I'm also somebody who thinks the first season of Halt and Catch Fire is great. Like, I, I, I'm i not on that board of mm. people who are like, I need the show to be amazing right away. I, I think, like, you, you actually need a show to, you know, lay the groundwork. I think there's also probably a number of people who want this show to be closer to what it is in the second season. It spans decades. Um and at first, like, it needs to just, you know, still be about the 60s. So things aren't that different yeah. um, between reality and the show's reality at first. Like, it Because it it's like real people, right? Like, it has real... Yeah, like, John Glenn is a character in the oh. show. Um, okay. Buzz Aldrin is a character in the show. I, I mean, I won't go into great detail about that, but... My dad, presumably, yeah. is, he was born in 1955. Yep. Presumably, he's a character in the show. Somewhere. Yes, yeah, 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 he is. I think I'm um, and I can't believe that they got Justin Thoreau to play him. Um, <laughs> a huge gift. <laughs> huge gift. I didn't know we could pick TV shows. Uh, Amazon Prime has a really fantastic animated uh, adaptation of Invincible. Um, oh, yeah. I that, heard that. Uh, by Robert Kirkland. Uh, it's, a, it's a really fantastic thing with an absolutely stellar cast. I mean, like, phenomenal cast. Um, and it's, it's well worth uh, checking out. Hey, what's next week? Yeah, we're going to mix it up, baby. We're going. Uh, we're going to pick up our cousin to <laughs> go bowling, which is. Uh, <laughs> we're drinking. We're sipping a little hot coffee next week. Uh, we're going to be uh, in much the same way that we once chose uh, the permanent, factual, indisputable best Zelda game of all time. We're going to be picking the best Grand Theft Auto game of all time. Now, are we like sensible people? Starting with three, <laughs> we are not. <laughs> no, no, we are not. We're going to do them all. We're going to do them all. Well, kind of. Basically. So we're the big ones. <laughs> we're going to do Within reason, we are going to be completely 100% within reason uh complete. Yes, I, we're going to do 
eight games. We're not things that we're not going to do. We're not going to do expansions. So like GTA London's, uh, we know they're great. Lost in the Damned, wonderful. We're not doing them. Uh, we're also going to include the PSP games inside of that, like stuff that kind of reuses parts of an old game. So no Liberty City stories, no Vice City stories. We're not going to do online. It's just a very different thing altogether. So that leaves us with GTA's 1 through 5, also Vice City, San Andreas, and to make it an even 8, uh, Chinatown Wars. Yes. Wow, okay. Should be, should be interesting. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be fun too. Very different games. Very, very, very different games. More different. Okay, quick, quick question is: Is Grand Theft Auto more mm. different from Grand Theft Auto Five than uh, Legend of Zelda is from uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild? Well, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild is very uh, not very similar, but pretty similar to the original Legend of Zelda. Mm. Just in, we, in let's, just, let's discuss this on that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, the, discussion point. That's a good yeah, question. Okay. We'll save it. Put a pin. Think about it. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, make sure you uh, follow and a review would be so helpful on a podcast platform that you that you enjoy this show on. Um, please tell somebody about the show. You can follow us on Twitter at the Besties Pod, um, and that is such a big help uh, to 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 do all that stuff. And you know, it's the same stuff every podcast asks for, um, and so they don't have to pay for advertising. So please, <laughs> please do that because I don't even know where we put an ad. The view? I don't. I don't know where we would advertise. <laughs> Um, but thank you for listening we appreciate it and be sure to join us again next week for the besties because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games Steve.